This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to Turning a New Leaf, where we discuss the changing face of Canada as it prepares to legalize and regulate recreational cannabis across the country. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. Enjoy. So welcome to the show. Uh, today's guest is Hal Johnson. Now, if the name sounds familiar, uh, hold that thought for a second. Hal is a producer, director, professional speaker, an Amazing Race Canada competitor, and of course, the health and fitness nut that a lot of us would probably know as the founder of uh, Body Break. Uh, so for almost 30 years, Hal, you and Joanne uh, have, from Body Break, have been communicating to Canadians all the importance of the lifestyle changes that can benefit your health. You guys have done TV programs, half-hour series, syndicated radio shows, presentations, interviews, and now you're even endorsing uh, fitness products. So you've spent your life sharing the benefits of a healthier and active lifestyle to show Canadians how practical and easy it is to do. Uh, and most of all, as you always say, it's fun. Um, so it, 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 uh, it shouldn't have surprised me. You, you and I have come to know each other over the last few years. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this little story. Hal called me up one day and he was asking me about the podcast. I think you'd seen uh, something on Facebook or an ad or something. And That's right. Yeah. He had called me up and asked me about the podcast and um, the conversation turned into almost a bit of a Q&A, you know, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say debate, but it became a conversation about why would you do that? And what is the point of the show? And what is the point of legalizing? And excuse me. And as we were talking, I realized that this was not a perspective we had yet covered on this show, yet it is a perspective that needs to be covered. And this perspective from someone like yourself, who maybe isn't as on board as a lot of people are. And so here we are. Uh, as always, appreciate you taking some time to chat with me. And and thank you. And we'll My jump. Pleasure. We'll jump right in. Um, we're going to talk about cannabis. Well, you know, it, 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 yeah, you know, the thing what you just said about uh, I'm not on board as many people are. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it, it really depends on. Uh, because in the circle that I've been around, not many people are. Yeah, that's so. I'm I'm not necessarily the oddity. Um, uh, we and we. It's not that I'm against it. Yeah, I just have questions. Sure, uh, and that's what I said to you. That you know, I've I have more questions, many more questions than I have answers. Yeah. Um, in in that regard. Yeah, and, and I think that's a fair point. I mean, I think when I say that the context is most of the people that I talk to about this show are people that uh, seem to have some uh, favorable opinion of it being legalized and and some knowledge of why and all of that. And, and in talking to you, uh, that other side became very apparent to me. And I thought this is this is worth discussing. So so let's start with this. Uh, we're here talking about cannabis, weed, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. And how do you feel about it? How do you feel about that as a topic in general? Uh, wow. It's, uh, I have, I have mixed emotions about yeah. it because on, on the one hand, um, I believe that the, I see no difference between, um, marijuana and uh, a drug, uh, that is going to ease pain or a migraine or, anything like that. Like I, I, I get migraines. Yeah. Um, and to the point where I have to be in a dark room and, uh, uh, you know, quiet and this could last perhaps, you know, a day and a half, two days. Uh, wow. um, it can, and it can re and it, it's mine is affected by weather. Um, and, uh, a weather, like I can tell you when a storm's going to come because oh, it's really? all of a sudden my, my, uh, I, and it, it's debilitating to the point where I can't really, um, I have a hard time seeing, wow. um, out of my, out of my, uh, predominantly my left eye. Yeah. And, uh, so it's just, it's, uh, so I understand if I could take anything that would ease that pain, which I do, I take a, 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 a drug called Zomeg, but you've got to catch it as soon as you're getting uh, the onset of that. And that drug is pretty expensive, yeah. it's about $25 a pill. Um, and you kind of go, 
Yeah. Um, is this a $25 headache or is it not, you know, kind of thing, right, but, right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, r- regardless of what, what it was called, uh, from a medical pr- uh, perspective, I, I would, it could ease the pain, which, you know, many people have said that, uh, you know, um, uh, cannabis oil can certainly help from a medical perspective. I, I think that's, there's no difference. And right, I, right. and I'm certainly not opposed to that. Um, my question is, uh, I guess uh, I, I'm I'm cynical um, mm-hmm. of why people get it or why people are for it. And I mean, you know, it's interesting, and I, I don't want to bounce too much around here. But um, you know, two of your two of the podcasts that I I had listened to, uh, one uh, with Rob um, and uh, the Olympics, and and one with the uh, physician. Yeah. Um, what I found very interesting was, you know, both of them were pro. Um, obviously, yeah. but, um, they both have a financial interest in being pro. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, and both of them, you know, to their credit, they declare that they do have a financial interest, um, in this. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, you know, when I heard that on, on your, on your podcast, but you always have to think about that. Who's, this is, the, uh, this is about money. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about, you know, those people who want to get, get high, um, they're not necessarily thinking about, okay, who's making money off of, of me or who. And so it'd be the federal government, whether yeah. it be Rob, whoever it might you're talk, be. You're talking about Ross, right? I think that's who you mean. Ross. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, Ross. That's great. Ross uh, yeah. Rabliotti, the, the uh, Olympic Ro- snowboarder. Rob Rabliotti, yeah. Yeah. The Olympic snowboarder. And, uh, and it's really, um, th- you know, that's, um, that's what people should always think about. Like, is you know, um, uh, Trudeau. I, I mean, I'm. Uh, uh, I voted for Trudeau. I'm. I think he's represents Canada very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but is he doing? Why is he doing this? Is he doing it for to fulfill a, a campaign promise? Um, is he doing it to make money for the federal government? Is he doing it for the health of Canadians? Yeah. Um, what's his motivation? And I often think that your your motivation of why you do something is uh, equally as important as what you, what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, be behind it. So, uh, and th- so like I say, I have questions, um, but I think uh, the public should also understand, uh, you know, um, follow the money. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. You follow the money yeah. and you will follow the motivation of, uh, why people are doing things. So I think, I think when, you know, if you would ask, if you ask Justin Trudeau, those things that you had just said to me, he'd probably just say yes. Right. Yes. All those reasons is the reason we're doing it. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that he had exposure to marijuana at a young age, uh, likely due to his parents. And, and for whatever reason for him, I think that the, the drug itself had less of a stigma attached to it than maybe some others. And that, and, and so that might make his motivations, I'm just making this up, but it, it might make his motivations easier to put forward, you know? So if the motivations are, yes, there's, there's tons of tax revenue to be, to benefit from, we could argue that it can, it can reduce, um, the black market and, and keep the, keep the, keep people safer. You know, if it's a regulated product, there's lower risk of it uh, containing fentanyl or whatever else that might be in there. I'm sure he can come up with any of the, the justifications for it. Um, but I also think that because of his previous exposure to it, that maybe that was just easier for him say than someone else uh, to, to put forward as a, as a campaign promise. Now I have no doubts that part of this is fulfilling that promise. I mean, let's be honest, but yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think from a financial perspective, um, you know, I'm not opposed to, you know, let's say reaping benefit off of, um, you know, if, if somebody's going to go buy it from a dealer on the corner or they're going to buy it from, you know, in, in Ontario, the LCBO, which is yeah. going to be the, where it's going to be distributed out of, um, it, it, at least, you know, I, as a, taxpayer of Ontario are going to get some, um, um, say positive tax revenue from that. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm certainly, you know, certainly not opposed to that. I guess I, 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 when I say I've got more questions, I go, does this make Canada a better society? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I extremely proud Canadian. Um, yeah. uh, I know that when I represented Canada, 
in, in baseball uh, around the world. Um, I, I never felt so Canadian. And, and you know, two years since Trump, I feel far more Canadian now than I've ever felt in my life. And I feel I'm so glad to be Canadian. Yeah. And I just wonder, you know, does this make our country better? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's where I go, you know, if it makes it better, if you keep, if it can keep, call it low level crime, uh, out of the court, because that's another thing I think there's going to be, you know, less of that crime that mucks up our court system, which costs us taxpayer dollars that could be better used for maybe it's, uh, you know, drug rehab clinics or, yeah. You know, that's what I look at. How can we make our society a better place to, to live? Um, and so, you know, I, that, that, that's my, that's my, and as I said, I have no problem at all with uh, medical marijuana. I think that's, yeah. that's just another drug. Um, but I, I have kind of a, maybe a larger question is why do you need to get high? Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, like what, why, what, what is it, what is it? Because, and, and I, I mentioned to you this is I, I hate to come across as a Pollyanna. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, I wonder what are you escaping from? Right. You know, um, you know, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're not in Afghanistan, you know, you, there's no bombs being thrown on you. What, why do you need to get buzzed mm-hmm. um, uh, with a drug? Why do you have to, you know, um, and, and that, you know, is somebody will, will, would argue and say, well, what about alcohol? And I'd say, yeah, okay. Why do you need to get hammered? Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, I've had, uh, uh, persons in my family, I've seen the, the, uh, devastation of alcoholism right. and of excess, excess drinking. And I, I, and I, uh, I wonder, um, I always wondered as a kid, why, did they, why did they have to do it? My aunt killed uh, two kids wow. uh, as a drunk driver um, and which then tore apart her whole family, which, I mean, the devastation was, um, and you know, she head on and she was, she was hammered wow. uh, on a country road. And, and so I, I wondered, um, and it's funny because people can go two ways. They can go when they see something in their life, they can go, they use that as an excuse of well, you know, my I saw it all around me, so I, that's why I became an alcoholic. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I saw it all around me, and I, that's why I never drank. Or very, I had a beer. I mean, I used to, you know, they would say, um, you know, you're nursing a beer in, in college, and you have a, you know, you have it, you, you know, kind of nursing it for, yeah. you know, two or three hours. I was the doctor. I would have that thing for like eight hours, that one beer. <laughs> you, you didn't make sure it didn't <laughs> run out so nobody offered you another one. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So so I, I think when I look at marijuana and I see that, you know, I just would have to ask somebody, well, wh- why do you have to get buzzed? Like, yeah. what are you escaping from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, well, it makes you feel relaxed. It makes, I mean, I've, yeah, I hear all of those things. Yeah. Um, but there are other, and again, Pollyanna part of it, obviously reverting back, is that uh, um, when you exercise, the endorphins are released. Yeah. And you feel great. Depression. Now, the thing is about, and again, I'm certainly not an expert on, uh, by any means, on marijuana, but I know, like, in certain ways, so, you know, you're doing it to feel better, but it's actually doing the reverse. Uh, of what, what you want, alcohol, what you want it to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, again, I don't know if you have the answer for me, uh, Sean. Um, well, you know, I don't have any answers. I have lots of questions <laughs> just like you. I, I I will say this though. I, I mean, you've, you kind of brushed over the last statement you made about the, um, what's it, was it your aunt or your city or sister? My, my aunt. Oh, your aunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I heard you say that, the first thought I had was what role, what question I had was what role that that played in what you've become. And this idea of someone who's all about, you know, clarity and fitness and health. Do you think, and I'm going to get back to the cannabis thing in a second, but I I don't want to brush over that last point too quickly. Do you think that that played a role in the lifestyle that you now lead? Um. 
Yeah, I I guess I always have had a you know seeing seeing things in my in my life as a kid um, out of control. Yeah, I've always wanted to be in control, mm-hmm. and I've never wanted something to control me. Whether that is I'm addicted to sugar, whether that addiction to anything. Yeah, I want to be the master of my domain. <laughs> sure, yeah, and uh, you know I I want to be the one who um, who controls my what not only what goes in me but what I want to do is want to be my decision yeah and I haven't wanted something else to um, um, to, to, to to be um, kind of held uh, over me and again I I mean I'm I'm a little different and I, I say that from the perspective that at six years old I went home and I went on a hunger strike with my mom because she smoked and I refused to uh, eat her food anymore <laughs> wow. um, because, because um, I was shown a, a good lung and a bad lung in my grade one class. Yeah. And I decided that my mom should stop smoking cameo cigarettes. Yeah. And uh, so that, and then, you know, so uh, needless to say, I've never, you know, had, had a cigarette. So you um, wait, you went on a hunger strike until your mother yeah. said she would stop smoking? Yeah, that, that lasted about uh, four hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but you tried. But uh, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> she said she would, and I ate dinner. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, that was my, my thought. And I, I, I bugged her and bugged her and bugged her, and she quit smoking. Oh, she did. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, oh, well, yeah. And I was oh, sick. Good for you. So, well, I, I guess I, I said, Mom, your hands are so dirty from that nicotine. Yeah. Um, while well, you're putting it in my food. Oh, yeah. I think I guilted her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, coming from her son, that's a tough one. I, it's a good strategy, I think. <laughs> That's right. So when you hear about then, you know, this upcoming legalization, I know you have questions about it, why and all of that, but what was your first reaction when you heard that? Like, we're going to legalize marijuana. Well, my first reaction was, uh, I certainly hope that they have everything in place uh, from a, um, a driving perspective or, you know, a testing perspective. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I thought, I kind of assumed that they would. You know, because yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't do this unless you had everything in place. Yeah. And then kind of come to, you know, hear, you know, the people in the law enforcement go, no, we really don't have a tried and true <laughs> yeah. good method. And I go, well, so you're going to let people on the road and yet you can't really test them yeah. whether they are high or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's going to get into the courts. And then, and, and my, my, my big concern is with edibles. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because, um, well, you know, take a, or whatever, whatever food, food, processed food you might want to look at, uh, take a, a cookie. Yeah. Uh, now I don't think every single cookie has exactly the ingredients that are on the side of that box. The package. Yeah. So the packet. So you may have one cookie that has, you know, eight point five grams of sugar, and the other one has eight point two grams of sugar in that mm-hmm. particular. It depends how it was mixed together. Um, and so, you know, and and if this isn't, uh, you know, and and the way it it affects, you know, two different people could be, you know, uh, kind of very very different. Uh, I just think that the edibles are the wild west. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I, and I guess you're going to have to regulate it, um, the same way as you regulate, um, uh, alcohol, like, um, you know, but in the sense that, you know, just tell me, Sean, like, you're, you know, you're flying from Toronto to Vancouver or how you're going from Halifax to Vancouver and you say, yeah. uh, um, did my pilot, uh, what did he eat before he got on here? <laughs> yeah. Was he was he eating a cookie? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Um, or did he have one? And how long does it take to get out of your system? Yeah. I mean, um, th- those are you know questions. Uh, and now, do you fire a pilot for um, for ingesting marijuana? Are they even though it's a legal drug? Are they allowed to take it? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or your crane operator or your 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's, I mean, you're, yes, I agree with you completely. I mean, you know, in fact, I was using that analogy recently in a conversation where we were, uh, myself and a group of folks were discussing the uh, driving, you know, the impact on driving. And, uh, and, you know, depending on who you talk to about that, there are all kinds of opinions about how imperative it is or isn't. Um, but the analogy that I, I think I used in that conversation was, okay, let's just pretend that maybe some people are okay and some people aren't. However, if I have the option of getting on one of two planes and I know that one of those pilots has smoked or eaten, whatever, however they've chosen to ingest it, I would probably prefer to go with the pilot that didn't. And the the idea being that, you can debate the 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 limits or the um, what am I trying to say? How impaired you become by using, but it doesn't excuse the fact that it does impair. It does create risk, and given the option to not be a part of that risk, I would certainly choose that route. But I think um, you know the one thing that's funny about this right now, and, and you talk about you know the risks in driving and is and how are they going to police that and and the risks with pilots, et cetera, you know any workplace issue, I guess is that I have a feeling that for uh, to whatever degree I'm not sure, but that may or may already be happening. Like I think that certainly from a driving perspective, there are likely people already driving under the influence of marijuana. I think that what what Regu- the, the upside potentially to regulation and legalization is it is now forcing us to crack down on that to some degree and force the police force and roadside testing to find a way to crack down on it unlike ever before. So that might be one of the good things that comes out of it. I mean, I'm aware of I'm aware of some of the roadside testing that they're currently creating. There's an oral fluid test that apparently if if um, if you're pulled over and there's suspicion that you may have used marijuana, they can get you to lick this um, thing, whatever it's whatever it's called, and it gives you a positive or negative reading. And if it's a positive reading, that warrants them to now take your blood, and so they can. They, they should call. They should call it the Marchant. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> That's good. I, that's really funny. I didn't even, you know, the problem is with by the time this airs, I don't know if everyone will get that joke, but for, for anyone that doesn't know, if, if you heard about Marchand, Marchand, I guess they say now, licking yep. NHL Brad, players' face. Brad Marchand. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> good one. Yeah. We'll use Marchand as the roadside tester. That's, that's brilliant. Um, so it's funny because, it, the, you know, the questions that you have around, around use uh, you know, for those in an active uh, job, uh, I think are valid, you know, but, uh, well, maybe not, but I think that the potential upside to, to regulation at least is that it's kind of now forcing us all to have uh, policies in place. And I'll, you know, my own workplace as an example, um, you know, for all I know, there are people coming to work who have used, um, but now we're sort of forced to uh, address that. And, and have to have policies in place. And so maybe that's one aspect of this uh, that could be looked at as a positive thing. How does that? Well, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I agree. And, and, and from that perspective is, you know, it's, it's like, it's like anything when you give, when you give it late, you expose it. And, yeah. you know, this certainly is, is, is being exposed. So um, the, I, I would, the big question I would have though, and kind of a, is that uh, many doctors have said that, you know, if you're 35, it's not going to, or 450, it's not going to necessarily, there's no evidence that's harmful uh, to your health, but there is very clear evidence um, that if you're 22 or 18 or yeah. 16 and you're having this, it, that it does mess up the brain. Mm-hmm. And so it has a, so, you know, why, especially in those formative years, um, you know, what do you need this for? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, is there, is there more of a, uh, a mental health issue that you've got to get, whether it be stoned or whether it be, um, you know, hammered, whatever, whatever reason you, you you need to escape or just to fit in uh, peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, in that regard. And, you know, it's, it's, 
it's funny, you know, I, I certainly, uh, I am older. Um, and so I, I do, I do see myself. Um, I was old when I was 10. That sounds like yeah, six I mean, to me, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's right. But I, so I, I, I don't really think it's an age thing. I just think yeah. it's, uh, you know, certainly who I am. And I, and I think that my perspective is, is one that I've just, um, I just, I, I love life, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I, and I, I wonder when you experience something, I've, I had an opportunity, uh, uh, two summers ago to, to, uh, um, uh, hike Ireland and, and Joanne and I, my daughter, Sierra, we, we hiked all throughout Ireland and it was, uh, very strenuous physically. I mean, it was like 13 hour hikes, wow. um, 10,000 10, feet in elevation over four days that we did. And it was just magnificent. And, and I can tell you every step of the way I was saying, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Like it was just, <clears throat> Just like, you know, the, and it was, you know, at one point it was pouring rain, just, just coming sideways at us. And I'm like smiling going, we're in Ireland. This is great. <laughs> you know, like, it's, yeah, but I was enjoying life. Yeah. And so, and that's where I, I, I just wonder when I ask, you know, ask somebody, why do you need to do that? Yeah. Why do you need to, um, D- d- uh, dull yourself, dull your senses. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to, um, you know, re- if, and that's, that's the way people relax. Mm-hmm. Um, I go for a walk. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I just said walk and my dog looked at me like, okay, oh. it's time to go. <laughs> now you gotta go. We're done here. Yeah. I mean, I look, uh, you know, it's, it's a great point. And I remember when you first said that to me, when we were chatting and it did make me sort of think, you know, what is it about a glass of wine or what is it about whatever it might be that makes people feel compelled to do that? I mean, I look at you and I think, okay, well, I don't know. And I mean this with the most respect possible that your lifestyle choices are, are the norm. I mean, you've managed to stay so clean and so physically active and it's become your life. And I think there's a lot of people who would look at that and say, God, I wish, you know, I wish I could do that. I, I can't do that. I don't understand. How does he get up every day and do that? <laughs> you know, and, and like, I admire it. I, I would probably never have the uh, commitment to it that you do to pull that off. But I mean, I can understand the question, but let me lob this one out at you because it's a very recent conversation that I just had. And I've had a couple of these now with professional athletes. And these are professional athletes that have found um, the medicinal side of cannabis used to be incredibly beneficial. And I just finished chatting with someone from the NFL who was describing the uh, prescription drug usage as a way to manage pain and all the things that came along with being part of the NFL. And when that person found cannabis, it became the thing that changed everything for them in the sense that it got them off prescription drugs. It, it, one person actually said it created clarity um, and it allowed them to relax from an adrenaline-fueled lifestyle and gave them the ability to sort of find, um, I think the phrase they used to, uh, what was it? I wrote it down here, um, was to rest and digest. And it was certainly mm-hmm. a perspective I hadn't heard before. And what I don't understand, even in the context of that conversation, was it, it sounded very clear that something was required whether that be prescription drugs or cannabis or whatever. And in the context of the prescription drugs, this person decided that cannabis was a much better solution. And if you heard them talk about it, I mean, it's very convincing. Um, and- well, I, I would agree. Yeah. I, I really would. I would. And, I, you know, it's been known to get people off of opioids. Yeah, right. Which have been, you know, we found has is, is in a crisis mode and it was really the drug companies who created this epidemic yeah, that's um, right. yeah. and the, and this pushing uh, these opioids on people and, and, and uh, cannabis can get people off of those opioids. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the NFL every week they're in a car accident. Yeah. So if you think every week yeah. these guys are literally in, in a car accident yeah, physically and, and getting beaten up and they're going to, you know, you, you don't see a lot of 
you know, 85 year old foot ex NFLers. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a pretty brutal, pretty brutal sport. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so it's, you know, if they can find something to ease the pain, yeah. uh, as I said, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm not, a yeah. I'm not thinking this is, this is necessarily a bad thing. I mean, um, I mean, um, marijuana used to be legal. Yeah, um, that's true. Know, we, we, we've made it taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's it's really how is it going to be regulated? Is it going to be regulated properly? Yeah. Are we going to keep it away from our kids? Um, and you know, um, and then and then asking. And I've I've really I've never I've never heard anything on TV or anything anybody asking the question, why do you need to be numbed? Like yeah, right. uh, that's the thing is that, you know I was sitting around with uh, um, Jet who was uh, in the Amazing Race. Uh, season one with uh, with Joanne and I, yeah. and Jet Jet has uh, become a, a very good friend of ours, um, as well as Lowell and Julie, who were in season three. They were all at my, all at our house um, last month, and um, uh, we're saying Lowell's uh, is uh, trying to be a um, for the uh, um, Paralympics. He's going as a tandem biker uh, oh, yeah. for this. He's, he's trying to do for the 2020 Olympics. Yeah. And so he's, uh, so anyway, they were at the house. He was, a uh, he was in, uh, doing a, a, a cycling meet. And so they stayed with us. So we're sitting and we're talking about this. We're talking about marijuana and, uh, you know, why do people do it? And it was funny because all of us around that table, um, and actually there was about 10 people in total were saying, we don't know why. Why yeah. do people need, you know, here's Lowell who's blind, uh, 90% blind. He's an incredible guy, just phenomenal, Yeah, who loves life every day he gets up. And he says, I, I, uh, life is great. Mm-hmm. Why do people need to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it sounds so um, contrary, but you've got all these other forces. And it goes back to what I originally say, said. There's all of these commercial forces that are there to to get you to consume, um, and you know they whether it be like the the diet industry is one of the largest industries in the United States, like thirty billion a year. It's incredible. This in the, in the diet industry. Yeah. Well, so now you've got a commercial that tells you to have a diet. The next one is to don't forget to eat your Nutella every morning. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, right. it's so it's like it's about consumption. Mm-hmm. So our so the, the the industry just our 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 society just wants us to consume. Yeah, um, and you know, be consumers of of you know whatever it might be, so people can make money. And again, you know, you you totally understand that business and that industry. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's about getting people to, to buy stuff. Yeah. And you know, I think cannabis will be, be no different. Yeah. It's funny. You, I remember you saying to me that you spent 30 years trying to sell something to people that nobody wants with <laughs> this idea of, of daily exercise and fitness, right? It, it's always struck yeah, a bit of a chord. Everybody wants it. Yeah. Everybody wants it. They just don't want to put the effort in to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not like somebody who is physically active has more time in the day. Right. They just make it a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Now you may, I'm, I'm silent now because I'm starting to feel bad. I'm, <laughs> I haven't been exercising enough. <laughs> You're making me feel bad, Hal. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, no, no. It's not, it's not about feeling bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, uh, you know. Uh, uh, so what's interesting, the first thing I thought when you said that was, you, you know, uh, it's all about consumption and, you know, this idea of, of, uh, you know, economic and, and, and social pressure to consume. And I suppose I'm thinking out loud here, so this might sound a bit, a bit all over the place. My first thought when you said that was, well, I don't know if it applies here because, because you can't, you can't go out on sort of any mass level, at least not yet. And, and, and consume and promote the consumption of cannabis yet there's this massive undercurrent and underculture of, of people that do that anyway. And so, uh, you know, even as you say that I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, like what does drive that? Like, I don't know what it is. And it's funny to hear you describe it as, as why would you want to numb yourself? And I'm sure if you ask some people, they'd say, well, it doesn't 
I don't think it numbs me. It, it makes me more fun or they'd have whatever their justification would be for, for how it makes them feel. Um, I, I found that people can figure out their reasoning, right. And, and use that as, as a justification. But let me ask you this. Um, what's your biggest fear with, with legalization? So, I mean, we're assuming at this point that it's happening. I guess we're not sure when anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what scares you most about that? Um, my biggest fear of it is that we'll become a society that it's kind of normal to get buzzed, to get high. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's to get, it's normal to be, um, that way. Like okay. that, um, uh, it's not perceived as, um, um, you know, that like it's, it, that's, that's what my, my fear is that we, we, or we, our society changes yeah. and that it, it, and it really changes from the children. You know what I mean? You look at, you look at the, how cigarettes went from being cool to being, you're kind of a loser. Yeah. I right. mean, yeah. you know, like it's, you know, it's minus 25 and you're, you're outside connected to something that's you know lit on the end of it yeah. just to get this hit so yeah. that you can now go back in and function. Right. Like, like, so as opposed to being that suave, cool guy in the French Riviera having a cigarette, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're this frozen guy in front of the convention center, just trying to get a hit, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so, so the perception of a cigarette has changed dramatically sure. over 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, Humphrey Bogart uh, isn't, you know, having his cigarette, uh, yeah. you know, in Casablanca, you know, kind of thing, you know, he's like in, in today's uh, day. So my, what's going to happen with cannabis is it's now, if it becomes the norm, it becomes, well, yeah, everybody gets high. Like mm -hmm. every, you know, that's, that's, you got to be cool. You know, you're not cool if you don't get high. Right. Right. Um, you, you know what I mean? So that's, if it, if it takes that that tack, I mean, I I certainly hope it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but it it you can just see how with cigarettes, making a few changes in the law that you can't smoke in the workplace, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, put it out on the street, which in, in you know it's one thing if you live in San Diego, it's another thing if you live in Canada. Right. Um, you know, especially uh, you know, I was never as cold as I was. Uh, what was that about? It was about uh, a month ago in Halifax. Oh yeah. Uh, when you, <laughs> oh, man, was that cold? <laughs> and I saw people. It was so cold. I mean, and, and I was in Dawson Creek in February, and it was colder in Halifax in April. Yeah. You had that uh, quick uh, uh, ice storm or, or uh, two day storm. I was there, and, and snap, I yeah. saw people outside. Yeah. Yeah. Saw people outside smoking, and I thought. Boy, that doesn't look comfortable. No, and I and I think you know it. It brings to mind to me. There's a lot of debate about what I'm about to say, but you know, cigarettes. I mean, we know we know it to be true. There is a chemical addiction to cigarettes, and so the trouble may be there that once you're addicted, man, you just ha you have to go out there. You have to do it. I mean, because I'm I'm a little bit with you. I, like I don't smoke, so I don't. I often look at that myself and think the same thing you just you just described, but I know a lot of those people, and they're like, "No, I have to I have to have a cigarette." I mean, I I think what we don't entirely know yet is if there is an addiction uh, 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 component to marijuana. I I've spoken to people who certainly feel there's an addictive tendency from a habitual perspective. Um, well, that's what we, you know, that's funny. You talk about that. That's what we, we, we do all our speaking, do speaking engagements across the country about fitness and health and, and all the different elements of that. But we talk mainly about habits Yeah, right. and yeah. how, and so habits. Now when you have a habit, um, like when you, when you smoke cigarettes, um, and you say, well, you're addicted to it, quote unquote, yeah. is that the addiction of the habit is much stronger than the addiction to the chemical. The chemical addiction, yeah. So, yeah, so it's uh, 100 hours after you finish your last cigarette, you're chemically no longer addicted to that nicotine. So, you, But your, your body is triggered. There's a trigger so that, and there's five things that create a 
And then those triggers, whether it be a time, a place, a certain person, um, those, those are three of the triggers that, uh, so you're under stress and then all of a sudden a person will go, Oh, I got to have a cigarette. Yeah. Right. It's something has triggered them to, to want to have that. Um, so there's a, there's a trigger, there's the habit, and then there's the reward. Right. So if somebody gets in with, with cannabis into the habit of having, having that every, yeah, maybe every Friday I'm going to have, have it. Maybe it's every Friday, Saturday, and maybe it's every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then all of a sudden you're doing it seven days a week. Yeah. It's become a habit. Um, and you know, it's, I, I often say, and we talk about fitness is that, you know, it, like one of the, one of the triggers is certain people. So certain people will trigger a, a habit or a behavior that you'll have. So, you know, if you're, you know, you happen to be sitting all, you know, being out with, uh, uh, triathletes, it's unlikely that you're going to be, you know, stoned and hammered or whatever, you know, uh, and eating bad food and, you know, those types of things. So right. the company you keep will trigger certain habits that you may have. So I think that's what I, I would look at and, and say that I, I, uh, that the legalization of, of marijuana could create, it's going to, it, there are going to be consequences to this. And I think both good and bad um, to yeah, that on yeah. both sides of the equation. Um, and so what have, have our leaders thought through those good and bad consequences? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's where I, you know, I elected them to hope they do. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, we've had, we've, we've been able to chat with a few folks from the States who have, of course, depending on the state have been, uh, legal for a few years now. And, uh, and the cool thing about being able to talk to those people is to, is to, ask them that, like what's happened and get a, a glimpse into the future. And uh, like all things I'm finding related to this topic, depending on who you ask, you get a very skewed point of view, right? So on the one hand you get, well, the sky didn't fall, you know, everything went back to normal. Sure. There was a lift in, in, um, interest in the subject when it first became legal and there were lineups at the stores and everybody kind of got it out of their system. And then it went back to normal. Uh, whatever normal is to no, we've definitely seen an increase in teenage use, uh, you know, driving um, uh, convictions have gone up and I've, I've heard every story. The one thing that I, the only thing that I seem to be able to take away from all these conversations is that it seems to depend on your own personal beliefs. So if you, if you seem to skew against or for, you tend to sort of rely on the information you read that, that reflects that belief. And um, it just seems that uh, you can't seem to get any any convicted evidence. And I use the term evidence loosely because the other thing that we've seen to learn seem to have learned is that the way that the scientific world would qualify or define evidence doesn't yet exist in this category. So it's it's very interesting to me. And and like you, I'm I'm very curious to see how things are going to go. You know, once this becomes legal. Um, and I fully expect, I fully expect that, you know, the first week or two weeks or however many weeks will be a bit of a, I don't know if I want to say free for all, but I expect it to be a little bit nuts there for a bit. And, and then I expect it will settle into some kind of routine. Uh, but I have no idea what that's going to look like. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, um, very much that, but, um, uh, our, our own perspective, whatever our perspective is, and we look for things to reinforce that perspective. Yeah. Um, and so, um, y- you know, I think what you try to do, at least I, I try to do, I try to come to it with an open mind. Yeah. Um, I try to understand why and, and ask the question, why do people do, do it? Um, yeah, yeah. And so if you can come to it with and learn about it, um, you know, I, I, I have my own fears. I, I cycle, um, uh, on the road, I, you know, 50, 60 uh, K uh, in the summertime, yeah. I'll go out on the road and cycle. I'm just hoping that some, you know, some kid isn't saying, Hey, let's go on and over like a cruise and that, you know, now, is it happening now? I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it going to happen more? Um, 
I, my fear is it will, um, you know, especially where, where I live in, um, in Muskoka during the, uh, during the summer, you know, it's a very Muskoka is where you come up and have, have some beers and, yeah. um, you know, relax by the lake and everybody. Cool. So, I mean, um, you know, what do you do in apartment buildings when, you know, there are condos, yeah. um, and somebody's, you know, uh, smoking on, uh, on the balcony and, and now it's being blown into your house or, or how can you enjoy being out on the balcony and yeah. smelling marijuana? Like have, have those things been, um, you know, um, or is it going to be, you know, by, by province, by province is going to determine whether, you know, the condo laws or I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's just so many things. I mean, that, that, yeah, that, and is. again, I have, I have no answers. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what? I don't, I mean, I don't either, but I, I mean, again, I've, I've had those same questions and, and, um, where the, 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 the sort of balance that I take on it is, you know, again, part of me thinks that, okay, well, how much of that is happening already? And then the second part of it for me is I have to believe that some of the regulations that we will be put in place will prevent some of that from happening any more or less than it does now. I don't know, but I, I'm, you know, in general, I'm a pretty optimistic person. So I, I tend to, to say, like you said, you know, I make some assumptions that some of this stuff has been considered, but you know, to be honest, again, what I'm learning in, in this process of, of, of having these kinds of conversations is that not all of it has been considered. And, um, you know, I was listening to something this morning where somebody said that, um, I think it was Colorado where it took them a couple of years to kind of get things right, you know, to get, work out the kinks before they kind of had a system that everyone went, okay, this, this is starting to feel okay now, or, or, or it's starting to be in the place where maybe it should be. So I would have to imagine we'll experience a similar, uh, a thing here, you know, where it's, um, well, it, you know. I, I think it's kind of, um, kind of like airline, um, where it's kind of like, um, tombstone safety. And I mean that in the sense that things change, um, when there's death, yeah, things right. don't change until there's death. Yeah. So something, you know, there's a plane crash, you know, and, well, yeah, I guess we should have fixed that. Um, mm. we were kind of told to fix that, but we didn't do it until there was an accident. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I think that that's, and what we're trying to do hopefully is learn from Colorado and other places, you know, how, how to do it. So, uh, how to set it up properly, but the problem is it's going to be tough to put this toothpaste back in the, in the <laughs> tube once yeah. it's out. I mean, that's, that's going right. to be uh, very difficult to do. So if you haven't thought through yeah. as many of the consequences as possible, yeah. um, you know, uh, from, from doing this, then, you know, I, I'm concerned about it. Um, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, and again, I'm, <laughs> I might be probably, yeah. But, uh, you know, our, our, our daughter isn't, uh, it, uh, doesn't do that. Um, it's, uh, it's one less thing as a parent, you, have to, you know, so, yeah. um, but you know, it's, it's now she may be just a really good liar. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> she's, <laughs> I, maybe you'll find I'm, out I'm, it, she'll be 25. <laughs> you know how kids do when they're like the, the late twenties and they're talking, telling their parents all the shit they wish they knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, do you ever see, said, yeah. do you ever see a day where, where part of your messaging might include harmful effects of cannabis and alcohol? I mean, I know you don't do that. Now. It's all about promoting health and fitness, but have you ever considered um, including some of that messaging and the kind of things that you guys do? Uh, you know, that's a great question. It really is a very good question. Is that, um, is that you know, we've, we've really, in a sense, steered away from the obvious. Yeah. And, and I say that in the sense that you know that, you know, you know that we wouldn't be thinking smoking is good or yeah. drinking alcohol. That's just not who we are. So, We've, and we and we we've also never really wanted to um, we've never really wanted to preach. Yeah, now, right. I, I feel like today I'm uh, I'm I'm you know giving my opinion and yeah. I feel like I'm <laughs> preaching more than I'm you know it's and people roll their eyes like oh this guy he doesn't hug a glass of wine after 
after work and uh, he doesn't know you know i've had a had wine when people come to our cottage and get beer here we've got wine yeah you know they want to have a beer no not a problem hey here you go um but uh, as far as body break is concerned we've never never really gone down that road with with alcohol um yeah because it's it's kind of a no uh, or, or thinking with cannabis, it's like it's like kind of a no-win situation. Sure, um, yeah. you're either talking to the choir, yeah, people who already think that, and or you're talking, you're shutting off people who yeah. you know who are, um, um, you know who just say, you know, oh these guys, uh, they're they're um, you know they're Paul as they say Pollyanna, they're they don't know what real life is like they. They've got it so easy, blah, blah, blah. Like, I got it easy. I go, geez, try to be an entrepreneur for 30 years. That's yeah. not exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I'm surprised easy. you don't drink and smoke, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Cause I just, it's just, um, I don't know. I, I've, you know, I, I, I'm just, that's who I am. You know, I, I and I've, yeah. I've never, never wanted to be something else. Um, I've never, I've always felt that the, the worst thing to do is to follow the crowd. Um, they're going off a cliff. I'm not following them. Yeah, right. Um, and so what I tried to teach my daughter was, is that, you know, if, if you're influenced by a group, um, therefore your thinking has gone out the window. So yeah, you have right. to think always for yourself and what's in your best interest. And and then make the decision from from there what's in in your best interest. So I've always looked at whether it be cannabis or alcohol or um, I mean understand there was marijuana back when I was in high school. Yeah. Like there were guys doing that. But the interesting thing, and here's where I think young people have a have it much more difficult today than than I did. Mm-hmm. When I was when I was um, you know teen or whatever. I, um, uh, I, th- I was an athlete and I thought, um, well, athletes don't do drugs. Athletes don't smoke. Athletes don't drink. And li- little did I know that, yeah, they do all of those things. Right. <laughs> um, but, but, to, but I thought I never was tempted because I was an athlete. Right. And, and I did not want to, um, I wanted to be at my best performance. And so why would I do alcohol? Why would I, uh, why would I smoke? Why would I right, right. do marijuana? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing. Like, like it just, like it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Whereas today uh, kids are turning on the news and they're, you know, their athlete, their favorite athletes, just whether it be Osuna with domestic violence yesterday yeah, or, yeah. you know, or, uh, or a DUI or whatever it might be. Um, they're, they're finding their heroes are, are, are very flawed. And, uh, so as a kid, it was, uh, I, I looked up to, to Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and all those, uh, you know, ball players uh, of the past, but, um, and I wanted to emulate them. So yeah. it was a lot easier for me today. So I wonder with cannabis, if people are going to have, um, how is our society going to change and how is it going to, how is it going to be better? Yeah. Um, I had know, a- so, and, and I think it's a great question. I, uh, and I, I, I will often ask that question to guests and the best response I got yet when I, when I asked if they thought that legalization was a good thing was, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, I'm not, I'm just not sure that anybody really knows, you know, I, I think if we get the, the economic benefits that from it that are promised, or hoped for, if it does reduce, um, you know, teen usage, if it does create a safer thing, maybe those things are good. If it goes the other way and it's a free for all and people are stoned in the streets, it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> so I have, <laughs> I have one more question for you, Hal, before we wrap this up. And I can't have you on here as a guest and not talk at least for a second about the amazing race. So you were in season one, Jen and yeah. I were in season two. And if hypothetically mm-hmm. speaking, they do a reunion show and they bring back Jen and I and they put us on the same show as you and Joanne, are you guys going to U-turn us? Well, <laughs> what we'll do is we'll give you some edibles. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we'll give all the other teams edibles yeah. or, as it's in the challenge. Hopefully, 
<laughs> they eat them because we won't. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was funny. They said when Lowell and Jet and uh, Jill and everything were, were sitting around the table talking, and when racers get together, we we have a, a tendency to talk and about the race. Yeah. And we said, you know, geez, I said to, I said to Lowell, it's really going to be hard to U-turn you and Julie, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be hard. I'm still going to do I'll it. I'll still do I'm, it. Yeah. It's going to be hard to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I just said, don't take it personally. Yeah. It's right. Just, it's just a game. So, so it's very different than when I got U-turned, Joanna and I got U-turned. That yeah. was personal. You took that personally. That had nothing yeah. to do with the, nothing to do with the actual race itself. But, yeah. uh, no, it was, uh, it, I think it's funny because, um, I've done so many things in, with my life and 30 years of body breaking. And before that, where I was selling mainframe computer systems to the military and <laughs> all the, all the, uh, the things that I've done and experienced, um, the team Canada, uh, all the things I've, I've done. The amazing race had a huge impact on me. And I, I, even five years later, um, the experience of it was, uh, uh, it still sits with me. And, and one of the great things about it is, um, having friends that I can consider friends from the race, you know, and not just my season, like yourself and, and, uh, Jet and, and, um, and Lowell and Julie and and a couple of other racers that we've become friends with. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, um, because we, we are the only ones who know, what it's like what to be on that starting like. line. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, hear and you. and um, so it's it's. Uh, I I often call us ex racers, kind of a dysfunctional family. <laughs> yeah. um, you, uh, you, you love some of them, and some of them you never want to see again. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell, look, it's been great chatting uh, as always. Uh, I I really love your perspective on this, and it's I, I thank you for adding it to the dialogue that we're having on this show. Uh, for anyone listening, of course, you can find Hal and Joanne online. You can simply Google them. Uh, if you're interested in having them come and speak at one of your events, of course, you can go to bodybreak.com uh, and find all the information you need about Hal and Joanne and how they might uh, be a part of your event uh, anytime you want. So, Hal, appreciate well, it again. Well, thank, thank you very much. I must say that um, is that I've done thousands in 30 years thousands of interviews and you are one of the best interviewers um i really really no not not without without a doubt it's um uh you are really really good oh and, thanks uh, man yeah i'm looking at the producer and, and, and as, saying don't edit this out right now keep this <laughs> and and like i always say until next time keep fit and have fun so you know anytime a guest wants to come on the show and and talk about how much they enjoyed my interview process. They can come back anytime. So <laughs> I'll have Hal back any day. Appreciated that. Um, I knew it was going to be an interesting conversation with him because we'd already had one uh, on, on the phone prior to, to him becoming a guest. And uh, it was a lot of questions about why and how and what if. And, you know, these are all questions that I know that, you know, I've been asking and we're asking guests all the time. And so it's certainly interesting to hear from somebody who's got that sort of like, I'm not so sure that this is uh, a good thing. And, and as we always say, it remains to be seen if it is. One of the things that really jumped out to me in my conversation with Hal was, you know, this idea that there seems to be some difference between it, using it as a medication for physical pain and its use as a psychological um, component or, or uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but... Um, and, you know, we've had so many conversations with people and we talk about the psychoactive effects and the idea of getting high versus the idea of, of it helping you medicinally. And I think that line is blurred. I don't know where to draw it. I, I think that it's probably dependent on the person, you know, someone who says, you know, I am actually highly benefiting from this in a medicinal way, uh, might be someone who considers himself a medicinal user versus someone who isn't in need of it or using it that way. And maybe they just like the buzz they get from it. And so this remains to be an interesting perspective, particularly as things get legal from a rec perspective. I mentioned before that the medicinal side of things may have become a loophole to allow people to use it. But when you hear stories of people that have have clearly benefited from it medicinally, I mean, that's when I start scratching my head. I don't know the answer to that. 
Um, I do think that's interesting what Hal was saying, this idea of celebrities and the exposure that we now have to everything that happens to them, particularly celebrities who are considered role models. And, and these are people that kids are going to be exposed to. So in the end, you know, what he said that really struck me, and we've been saying this from the beginning, was that it does come down to our own decisions. At least that's what it should come down to. So once again, like many times before, and I think Hal would agree with this, it's important to educate yourself and learn what you can about it and decide where you sit with this. Are you okay with it? Are you not okay with it? And how you're going to choose to use or manage that in your own life. You know, Hal talks about this idea that maybe one day it's legal, it's normal to be high and buzzed. And uh, yeah, I'm just not sure, you know, if we'll get there. Maybe we will. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we're talking about a time and place when being high and walking around is as normal as being drunk and walking around. But I I have to wonder if we're not already there. It's just that we don't talk about it or we're not as open about it as we're about to be. In fact, in some cases, I feel like maybe being high and walking around might be better than being drunk and walking around, but that remains to be seen. So uh, always a pleasure to talk to Hal. And of course, uh, you know, talking to someone with that kind of a background and that kind of uh, commitment to lifestyle and health, it's always a good perspective to keep us in check. So I want to thank Hal for being a guest today. You are listening to Turning a New Leaf, produced by the Village Soundcast Network. And I am your host, Sean King, and we'll talk to you soon. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.